Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to your D1 Team 5 for Thursday afternoon, September 17th. My name is Anthony Grassi, and let's jump right into the most important things you need to know from in and around college athletics in five minutes or less. Outfront Media Sports has been acquired by Playfly Sports Properties, which includes Sinclair Broadcast Group and Access Holdings as investors. Playfly will be led by veteran media executive Michael Schreiber, who was most recently a general partner at 76 Capital, and has previous stops at Comcast and NBC Universal. Terms of the acquisition were not immediately available, but Sports Business Journal reports the asking price had been around $35 million. Louisville responded to the NCAA's notice of allegations, and though the contents have yet to be made public, UofL promised pushback on any allegations it can test. The Courier-Journal's Tim Sullivan notes that it is, quote, unlikely, though, that the damage is completely done because the infractions alleged in the Bowen case occurred while UofL was serving NCAA probation for a prostitution scandal involving basketball players, recruits, and a staff member. Potential sanctions are likely to be more severe than in a case considered standard. The San Jose Mercury News' John Wilner reports that, per sources, there are three main obstacles the Pac-12 must clear in order to start the football season by Halloween. Local health restrictions, achieving a consensus on a training camp schedule, and approval from presidents and chancellors. Conference medical advisors are advocating six weeks ramp-up with full contact not to begin before antigen testing is ready. Such a timeline, Wilner observes, could present another issue to be resolved. Whether to allow schools to begin the two-week full contact period when they're ready, or wait to move forward as one. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren tells the Wall Street Journal that the last month has reiterated to him the importance of alignment and that there's no such thing as over-communicating. Since taking over, Warren has increased the frequency of meetings with presidents and chancellors from twice a year to once a month. One person familiar with the conference's leadership tells the Wall Street Journal, quote, not to say he does things perfectly, but none of us does. We're seeing a freakout related to the changing of the old guard from the old boys network to the 21st century. In financial impacts, facing a $5 million budget shortfall, UMass announces it will institute a reduction in work hours and or furloughs for 57 staff members. This action is part of a university-wide workforce reduction and is being implemented as part of an analysis of the department's financial position during the pandemic. Penn State generated $164.6 million and saw its reserve fund grow to $15.7 million in fiscal year 20, with the latter figure having doubled in the last three years. The Nittany Lions had $158.3 million in expenses. Moving forward, Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barber noted that there has been pay cuts across the department, including her 15%, and also mentioned the possibility of a loan for the department. The Toledo Blade reports that MAC Athletic Directors met virtually yesterday, and despite yesterday's comments from MAC Commissioner John Steinbrecher, the tone of meetings has changed drastically since university presidents unanimously voted to postpone the season last month. One proposal reportedly being discussed involves a fall schedule of six or eight games beginning October 24th with no fans allowed and a championship game still at Ford Field. Stadium's Brett McMurphy backs up this reporting but notes that it is unknown whether all teams would participate. NCAA Senior Vice President of Basketball Dan Gavitt explains to CBS's Matt Norlander that the rationale for starting on November 25th rather than the 21st as over 76% of D1 schools are completely done with their first semester and exams or have at least ended in-person instruction. On November 20th, 43% of D1 schools are in that situation. Gavitt goes on to call the November 25th start date, quote, aspirational, but I wouldn't go as far as guaranteeing that we're going to start on November 25th because we're going to be driven by healthy and safe protocols, mainly the widespread availability of testing. In return to action on the field, this weekend's Charlotte at North Carolina game has been canceled after contact tracing protocols resulted in the depletion of the 49ers offensive line unit. Nine Louisiana football student athletes will be unavailable this weekend due to positive tests or contact tracing. Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barta says the league has handshake agreements with companies for rapid testing and that costs will be collectively shared by Big Ten members. 
NC State head football coach Dave Dorn last night revealed the Wolfpack had 105 players at practice on Tuesday. On September 1st, the first practice back after the COVID shutdown, NC State had just 45 players available. Elon has paused activities as 21 student-athletes have tested positive and 18 others have symptoms, according to an email sent to the student body. Yahoo's Pete Thamel points to sources who tell him, quote, the SEC is expected to adopt a 53-player minimum to play games this season. A distinction here is that it's 53 scholarship players. That's expected to include a minimum of one quarterback, seven offensive linemen, and four defensive linemen. This is still pending approval, but headed that way. Virginia Tech's home football matchup with Virginia has been rescheduled for December 12th. In return to hoops action, East Tennessee State's entire men's basketball team is in quarantine following several players testing positive. College Hoops insider Andy Katz reports that the consensus among college basketball stakeholders is that all 32 Division I conferences must decide early, as in within the next two weeks, if they are playing non-conference games. Too many events need to be scheduled, planned, TV windows secured, and contracts potentially dealt with to wait too long. The Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference released its scheduling model for men's and women's basketball, which will begin with non-conference play from November 25th to December 6th, with another window from December 22nd to 23rd. Men's conference matchups will be scheduled for Tuesdays and Fridays with women's matchups Wednesdays and Saturdays. There is a week between the end of the regular season and the start of the conference tournament to allow for makeup games. And that is all for your D1 Scene 5 for Thursday afternoon, September 17th. Be sure to check your inbox for more updates on what is going on in and around college athletics. If you are not currently subscribed to D1 Scene 5, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. My name is Anthony Grossi, and we'll see you bright and early Friday morning.